Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Today's episode is brought to you by the Price of Avocado Toast podcast. Price of Avocado Toast is the podcast for everyday humans looking to hear stories of triumph, advice, and all kinds of money talk in a no-shame conversation. Join my friends Haley and Justin weekly as they push to normalize finance talk among millennials through interviews and their own chats as a young married couple. You'll gain insights into successful strategies for managing your money all while feeling like you're sitting down with your closest friends. No guilt, no humiliation, just real raw honesty sprinkled with a bit of humor and grace. If you need those cheerleaders on your debt-free journey or just want to join in on the energy of this young couple, then the Price of Avocado Toast is the podcast for you. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks again to the Price of Avocado Toast for supporting this episode. All right, you guys, welcome. I'm so excited to have you guys on my podcast after you guys had me on yours. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're really happy to see this come full circle. Yeah, thanks for inviting us on. It's pretty cool. Yes, I'm so excited. So let's give the listeners a little bit of a background on who you guys are, your brand, your mission, your family, all, all this good, all good stuff. I love it. Well, we are Justin and Haley Brownwoods, and we are our, this is going to totally sound like our podcast. We're a married millennial couple <laughs> working to normalize conversations about money with millennials. And we live in Northern California. We are parents. We are teachers. Justin is currently teaching, and I am a former teacher. Uh, we are coaches. We have two daughters. I don't know. What else? Yeah. We like Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, do you want us to share what kind of got us into the finance space? Yeah, definitely. Tell us your story. Yeah. So in 2015, uh, late 2015, my grandmother passed away from mesothelioma, which uh, is essentially lung cancer caused from asbestos. And I received a wrongful death inheritance of about $600,000 at the front end of January 2016. This is right when Haley and I were dating and eventually decided to move in together after only knowing each other for about five months, which was cool. And so once we got in together, we just started to spend and we started to kind of subsidize our lifestyle uh, with this money. And eventually in 2019, we were about to welcome our first daughter into the world and we had blown through the $600,000 and we're now over $200,000 worth of debt. So that was about an $800,000 swing in about four years, a uh, little under four years, which was troublesome, obviously. And so we kind of, it really just kind of like came out of nowhere one day. We, it seemed like we both just came together one night and we're like, this can't happen anymore. Like this has to change. And we really almost immediately were a team and kind of tackling all that. And since then we've been able to get out of debt and we've started our podcast to try and help others who are like us that didn't have any financial literacy and maybe found themselves in some bad 
spaces with debt or their spending habits um, because they haven't talked about it. And so that's really the goal of our platform is to at least just have the conversations with one another to hold ourselves accountable and to invite our friends and family and those who want to support us to listen in as well to see if there's something they can glean from the conversation. Yeah, I love that. That's it's super common what from my experience of people coming into large sums of money and like you know, if you don't have the financial literacy behind it, if you haven't been taught what to do with it, then you you still don't know what to do with more money. And yeah. I think that's it's super common. That actually kind of happened in my family as well. My when my dad passed away, my mom got, I think it was like a quarter million um, life insurance. And she was just, she hadn't really managed money on her own. He had kind of always done it or they had kind of done it as a couple in a way, but it was never really like, she wasn't like the leader of the money in the household, right? And she was obviously extremely grief stricken. She was in a really bad mental state. And she felt very guilty for having the money. She was like, I felt like I shouldn't have profited from his death because that was just the mindset, the, the space she was in. Like that was obviously it was to take care of her, but, and so she blew through it. And I think it was like two or three years. It was really, really fast. And she kind of like came to one day and was like, oh, oops. And then it was gone. And yeah. it's. Yeah it's so common. And so she's kind of had to like rebuild now and learn what she didn't know before. I think the, the hard part about it too, is a lot of people kind of know like an underlying idea of what to do. So people will tell you like, Hey, you should invest or Hey, mm -hmm. you should like save some of that. Or, you know, you should really look at your budget and stuff, but they, they don't, I guess, teach how to do those things like you can tell somebody you should set up a Roth IRA but if that person doesn't have the access to that information or doesn't really even right. know that language that's still really that's really worrisome or that might cause them some financial anxiety just even getting there and that was kind of what happened with us well Sammy what you said about not knowing how to manage your money to begin with <laughs> is a huge yes. huge point that I'd like to drill home like i I remember when I first started working, getting a paycheck that was $500, and that was so much money for a young 18-year-old me making money, and I went to the mall and spent my entire paycheck, and I, it that was from a very, very early age, so I couldn't even manage $500. How could I manage $500,000? I couldn't, yeah. and it was kind of a crazy experience because we look back now, and I'm like wait, we really had no idea what was happening until after. <laughs> I, I yeah. remember being like, hey, we should transfer some money or Justin would in initiate some sort of transfer and it'd be like, oh, we're going to transfer $20,000. Here you go. Um, we did that quite frequently that it just became a thing that we didn't really feel. And then all of a sudden the money was gone mm -hmm. and we didn't even really have feelings associated with the fact that we'd spent that much money if that makes sense yeah. it just disappeared yeah that's it's so crazy so what would you say are like some of the biggest takeaways that you had from that experience like what lessons did you learn specifically well I frequently get the question like well what did you guys buy what did you spend yes six hundred thousand dollars on where'd it go <laughs> 
and we we can't even answer the question. Yes, we know. We we bought a house. We put two hundred seventy thousand dollars down on a house in California, but this was over a half a million dollar house. Yeah, and then we we bought things and we went on trips and stuff, but that doesn't even account for all of it at all. So I think the biggest biggest takeaway for me was like we have no idea what we did with it. So if you don't monitor where your money is going, you can't manage it. So if you don't track it, then you can't reflect back and say, wow, I was overspending here. Maybe I should rein it in because you don't know. You have no data. We, we, yeah. All we have is our memories and our bank account that we closed. <laughs> so we don't even have the data there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really common. Also, like, you know, a lot of us who start to share our journey I don't even know exactly how much debt we were in. Like I kind of round it because I don't know. I was just like, I kind of started. And then once I realized, oh, I'm going to share this with people. It was a couple years later. I don't know. It was all so blurry and foggy and everything was just in a panic all the time. I don't know. And then, you know, I have clients, I get on calls and they're, I'm like, okay, so how much is on this credit card? They're like, I don't know. And they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't even know. They're always apologizing. I'm like, nobody knows. It's super normal to not know where your money's going or even how much debt you're in for sure. Or it's super, super common. And like, I think that's why it's really important to, you know, not shame people, not like bully people because the average person doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, the biggest lesson that I've learned is kind of as we've started to talk about it as as we've grown in like our own budgeting and like financial literacy when we talk about what we spent and we say like I don't even know where it went that tells me that it probably didn't hold much like value to us but when we talk about the amount that we spend on our wedding we both immediately say that was the best purchase and yeah. it was an expensive wedding it was about $30,000 for the wedding but we both agree that absolutely we would do it again tomorrow because that's a value for us. And yeah. the lesson that I learned from that is that if you're spending according to your values and you have that money, which we did at the time, we had you know $600,000 and we could invest in a $30,000 wedding, then it's okay to do those things. It's okay to invest in your values and spend accordingly because you've identified them as something that you are passionate about or that you care about. Um, and so that's kind of helped us transform our budget over the years too. Like when we find things that we believe are valuable to us, for example, I coach football, which I don't have to pay to do, but it does make it to where we're going to need some, you know, childcare support where we're going to have to spend some money during football season. And we're willing to do that because coaching is a value for me. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that spending according to your values is, is a joyous thing and should be a celebrated thing. I completely agree. That's such a good lesson. Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> Look at that. He's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, we just smart. had a killer wedding. Like the wedding was so much freaking fun. I'm like, if I had $30,000, I'd marry you again, dude. And and <laughs> I could break down the $30,000 right now. I could be like, oh, this is how much it was because we were paying uh -huh. attention. Yeah, we didn't budget yeah. anything in our lives, but we knew at least what we were spending on the wedding. <laughs> well, I did put together some like fake wedding budget thing. Like I did track it and try to keep track in one area. But I was paying attention, so I can tell you what that was. So it's kind of funny because I definitely don't know what where everything where else the rest went. of it went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I laugh when people are like, you know, pick on people for like spending too much on their wedding. We probably spent about 
5,000 on our wedding and it was pretty, it was pretty bare bones. It was pretty cheap. It was a lot of DIY. And like, if I had the money that I have now, then I would have totally spent more. I would my like my sister got married 10 years after me. And I was like, man, I wish I could have afforded this. Or I wish I could have done that. And people are like, are you serious? Most people regret what they spent on their wedding. And I was like, oh no, I would have spent four times as much. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish I could have, like, I know it doesn't make you any more or less married, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But like, I, I just, I personally, I would have, I would have. Yeah. It was yeah. a really fun party. No regrets <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So if you could go back in time and fix those mistakes or not do certain things, would you do it? <sighs> I mean, like. I want to say yes, but like, no, I, I would honestly do everything all over again because it has yeah. led us here today. And I think a lot of that is a mindset because we sat in a lot of shame. <laughs> we, we wallowed for a long time about how stupid this was. Like how yeah. the heck did you spend so much money? This is so dumb. Like we just were saying such horrible things to ourselves. And now I'm making the conscious choice to flip the script and be thankful for that we made all of those mistakes at a young age and that mm -hmm. they led us to actually learning from our mistakes. And now we're here where we are today. If any one thing went different, we, we wouldn't be here. We would be like in a whole nother al al alternate world. And maybe it would be our dream world, but we wouldn't know the life we have now. So yeah, yeah. that's the way I like to, to look at it. I mean, yeah, I could look back and be like, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't cash out, um, money from your Roth IRA. That probably wasn't a smart move. We took money out of the equity of our house. That probably wasn't a smart move. We bought a brand new car. That probably wasn't a smart move. Like all of these things, we could sit there and say that they were big epic mistakes, but but were they really? Right. Yeah. Well, and I think what's important is that like we're, I'm 30, Haley turns 30 this year. We have decades together mm -hmm. beyond this to grow and learn from. And so is it a painful, painful lesson? Sure. Do I have some regrets from it? Absolutely. Right? Like, I think that's reasonable to be like, oh, gosh, what the hell? But yeah. I still, yeah, I agree with Haley. Like, we've grown so much from it, found this really cool space that not even not even looking at it from, like, the personal finance side of, like, wow, we're really a lot better with money now. But just, like, the hey. human beings that we've met that are, like, cheering us on as a family and want to see us be successful, like, I wouldn't give that up for anything. So I, I mean, yeah, again, do I, do I wish that half a million dollars would fall back into my lap? I, I would not be upset if anybody wants to throw that my way. We but, would definitely do things differently. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I would go back and, and like fix anything. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important to, I mean, for one, you can't. So yeah. it's like, okay, we're here now. And that's, you know, uh, something that I repeat to my clients all the time, to myself, to my mm -hmm. family. I mean, all the, I feel like I'm constantly saying it. Well, you can't, you can't go back and fix it. I love that. So let's start now. Let's work with what we have. Let's at least learn something. And it's like, yeah, yeah that was a very expensive mistake to, or that was a very expensive lesson. Maybe that's a better way to say it. That was a very expensive lesson. But you, there's no way of knowing like alternate universe, if you wouldn't have learned that lesson, where would you be now? You could, you could have lost way more potentially over the years. Like if you wouldn't have learned that lesson. 
And that's, you know, we, we look back and think a lot of the same thing too. Like we, you know, the job that my husband has, he had it for about 10 years before we really got serious with our money. So we feel like we more or less wasted 10 adult working years doing what? Like nothing. I mean, his employer was contributing to his 401k. That was about a hundred thousand. That was about it. That's like the only thing that we took away from those 10 years, which I mean, that's the only thing, like, that's a really good thing, but we're like, we had 10 years, you know, we could have done in 10 years, especially the years that we didn't have kids. Yeah. Like five of those years were, were without kids. We could have done some amazing things, but we learned, at least we learned decently young Yeah. and like move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of talked about like living in your, your shame, your wallow. <laughs> so let's, let's just transition that to Dave Ramsey right now. And you guys like doing that series on your podcast was so epic. It was revolutionary. I loved it. And you guys are my heroes now for doing that. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. So like shout out like anybody who feels like just like really dogging on Dave Ramsey and like picking apart every single thing. It's not really like picking on him, but like just pulling it apart and dissecting, you know, like the cult mentality and all the things, which I thought was fascinating. But like a lot of us in the personal finance community, that's where we started. That's where I started. That's where you guys started. What happened? Like walk us through a little bit of that story. Well, we found Dave Ramsey at our most vulnerable moment. We all do. We were, (laughs) we weren't quite newlyweds. You know, we were, we'd been married for about a year. We had a baby coming. I was seven months pregnant and we finally were done with grad school. We're making teacher salaried income. That's not a whole lot of money, but for the first time ever, it's like consistent salary coming in. And we still were spending every penny plus a whole lot more that was coming in. And we were like, this isn't working. We are getting in fights over like $7 muffins that we bought at Costco when like, why are we really arguing over food? Is this really the argument? No, it was, we didn't have $7. So when we found Dave Ramsey, we were really at our low, low. Mm -hmm. And he came in like this saving grace of hope. It was just, we got to listen to his book like six months before that, but we didn't really take it into consideration. We we didn't feel it yet. But when we were at the low, low, all of a sudden we listened to his podcast and we would cry every time someone did a debt-free scream because we were like, wow, that sounds like a beautiful life to be able to do that someday. That sounds so far away, but maybe it, it just gave us hope. Um, yeah. But hope is one thing. <laughs> we we did his plan for like a year, very religiously, and then decided to step away. Um, why don't you go into that? We decided to step away about a year after we were following him. And I mean, we were like avid Dave Ramsey listeners. We listened every day for like multiple hours a day, both mm-hmm. of us. And then we'd recap and sit at the dinner table. We talked about Dave Ramsey in the shower together. It was just like non-stop yeah eventually over time you know when you listen to somebody that long you really start to understand them I think as the human or personality that they want to put out there and as we started to kind of understand Dave a little bit more and be able to kind of guess how he would respond to certain situations we realized that the those responses were not in line with our value system and the mm-hmm. kind of the moral 
compass that we wanted to try and live by. Um, and that's not to denigrate anybody that, you know, still supports Dave Ramsey or feels like that. Um, we just have some personal, you know, feelings about, um, for example, you know, the family unit and um, low, you know, minimum wage workers and the, you know, the labor that goes into all that. And we just had some some feelings about the way that he spoke about um, some people that just didn't really connect for us. Yeah. And the more and more we listened to it, the more and more we realized that they weren't kind of like one off responses to people, but they were more so kind of how um, Dave was was viewing situations as a whole. And that just wasn't super great for us. And then on top of that, um, his response to the COVID-19 pandemic just didn't feel super great. I recognize that there are different states across the nation that did, you know, different things and people that have different opinions and views on it all, which I get. Um, but the shame and the language that came around uh, mm -hmm. people that were worried about it and Dave's response to them just didn't feel super great um, because we felt like, you know, well, if somebody's making their own personal decision, that's their decision. And um, it is what it is. And we just realized that over time, hey, we don't really need to consume his content anymore because we found other people online who are sharing, you know, tremendous, tremendous resources for free most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we can get just as much finance, financial literacy by following those folks than we are consuming three hours of this podcast today. I yeah. remember the day we, we deleted his podcast off of our phones like it was yesterday. Yeah. Because it felt like <laughs> like you were breaking up with someone. I, I felt wrong. Like, how am I going to go from listening to this person every day, five days a week for three hours a day, to not at all? Like, I, I'm going to miss that. And I did miss that because it was my routine. But initially, we stepped away because we didn't align with him and his morals. But then... Like six months later, a year later, we really started to process what Dave Ramsey did to us and what he's doing to other people. And then I think that's when things started to get really like, wait, wait, no way to, were we associated with that? I, again, kind of like spending the money. You don't know you're in it until you're out. And then you're like, wait, yeah. I'm very confused. When I was following Dave Ramsey, I didn't think anything different. It was just was what I heard all the time. It was in my ear. But then when I left, I was like, wait, I don't have to feel this way. We don't have to feel mm -hmm. so much shame and guilt over all of our financial decisions. Every little thing we do, I don't have to second guess myself. I can trust myself. I can make smart decisions. Mm -hmm. We can make smart decisions. Like Dave, yeah. Dave doesn't care about me. And so it took it took like a year to really process all that. That was not why yeah. we stepped away initially. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's intense. And that's how I was as well. Like, especially, you know, being a stay at home mom, I didn't have my business back then. And so I need I got very into podcasts. And I listened every single day at all the hours. Um, and I would even if I ran out of new episodes, especially when Daniel was at work, and like the girls were in bed, and I was like up cleaning or something, I would go and re listen to episodes, just <laughs> to have that voice, like, I needed like that adult interaction. That's how I got very into podcasts and then eventually led me to having my own podcast. But I seriously would listen to some episodes more than once. That's how like in it I was. And I even what eventually kind of inspired me to start my business was I would listen to people ask questions and I would answer them. Like I would guess the answer 
And I was like, I know the answer to that. I know how to fix that. <laughs> you know, I would get like very into it. And then I was like, maybe I should like start a blog. And then it kind of just progressed from there. And this straw that broke the camel's back for me was I called and I was like, well, I'm going to teach FPU. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I want to teach people how to budget. I want to sit with them and, and you know, I want to be a budgeting coach. And I called and I was like, well, you know, like, what is the commission? And they were like, oh, no, no, it's, it's a ministry. You donate your time. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I was so, I was literally shocked. I'm like, this man has multiple millions of dollars. And he's making a hundred dollars per person on people taking this class and I get nothing. And I'm the one teaching it. Uh, like this math isn't mathing, you know, For like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so done. <laughs> yeah. I was so done. I was like, that's exploiting people when you obviously could afford at least a commission, at least an affiliate link, like kind of thing. Yeah. When you're, when you're a grifter though, and you yeah. capitalize on people in their vulnerable moments, that's who you are. Like that's who you're going to be. Yeah. And that's all he was looking out for, you know? And like Haley said is when you finally get out of it and you start to see the other aspects of it, like, you know, ways he would treat certain employee demographics and stuff, you do yeah. start to see like, okay, this is who you are. And it's like, like that yeah. famous quote, like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And you're oh, like, yeah. okay, like this is who you're going to be. And this is not something, you know, like I want to be associated with. We led FPU. Oh yeah. With all yeah. of our friends. And what we got from it was uh, a year of his app for free. Yeah. And to us, we were like, oh, that's, that's great. Cause we, we would have had to renew the app. It was going to be like a hundred dollars or whatever. Cause mm -hmm. I think at that time they just revamped it to where it was like FPU plus the app and some other stuff all all in one. Yeah. Maybe it was like a hundred. Ramsey plus. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that felt like a win to us. Right. Yeah. At that time. Cause we just were like, yeah. So into it. I mean, anything, Dave, I just want to get my hands on it. I mean, we don't even really talk about this cause I think it's so funny, but Justin applied to be a personality, uh, a personality, a Ramsey personality. Yeah. And we had this whole plan in our head. Like if he got it, we'd like move to Tennessee. Like it was a thing. We yeah. were in deep. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to spend my time around these people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went, um, you know, we're in Texas. We went all the way to Atlanta to the conference one year, which was great. I love, like, I loved it. It was super cool to just be like around people who, you know, are like doing the same thing as you and like, that's sure. That's cool. But like also kind of realizing like how much money we spent on going because, we had to go on a time that Daniel was home for. So we had to drive all the way to Atlanta. We'd stayed in a hotel. We went out to eat. We we kind of treated it like a little, you know, mom and dad weekend away, which was great. But also kind of like coming back to thinking of like, we spent a lot of money on those, those tickets. And then we traveled to go and, and I'm just like, oh, but we have to teach the classes in ministry. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not again, obviously I charge people for my services of course i do and yeah but like i still just because i charge people doesn't mean that i don't treat it like a ministry like in my heart you know like i i'm helping people yeah you can help people and make a profit like mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know it's it's crazy yeah 
want to pause real quick to tell you about my favorite goal setting resource, the PowerSheets Goal Planner. This research-backed goal planner helps you build a life you love one day at a time. It's basically like a life coach in a journal. The PowerSheets help you set, plan, and track progress towards the goals that matter most to you, big or small. Through a proven guided system, you'll gain clarity and confidence to live on purpose. No matter your season of life, you'll be able to identify meaningful goals, outline steps to reach them, and plan time to work towards what matters. I'm personally obsessed with the power sheets. 2023 will be my sixth year using them, and I know that you'll love them too. If you're interested in getting a set for yourself for the new year, grab them ASAP because they will sell out. Make sure you set aside $62 plus shipping in your fun money budget for them. And remember that by using my affiliate link in the show notes, you'll be helping to support the podcast. All right, now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So what kind of led you guys to like, where, from the the connection between there and, and now, like starting your podcast, starting, you know, the coaching and all the things, what kind of happened there for you guys? I love the flow of these questions. Cause this just goes in perfectly can you tell that so can you tell that v makes the outline oh 1000 percent. she organizes my thoughts she's a queen okay when we were in it and i mean like in it with dave ramsey it was all we talked about Mm -hmm. it was all we talked about and all i wanted from everyone around me my friends and family was external validation that we were doing a good job i -hmm. wanted to be able to say hey guys we saved 300 dollars this month and then someone to be like wow i'm so proud of you but no one cared yeah (laughs) i wanted to say hey i just paid off the student loan aren't you proud and they're like cool um next next conversation so yeah that was the first annoying thing for me because i was like okay all i want is for these people to care but they just don't care no one's excited with me no 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 no. i i later realized that they will never understand on that same level so i was seeking something that doesn't really exist but but then we ended up leading fpu because we wanted an outlet to be around some people to talk about our wins and what wasn't going well with people who were kind of seeking the same sort of end goal of paying off debt. So that kind of funny because it ties in with Dave Ramsey there. But it was the mm-hmm. same thing that led us to doing our podcast. So we started our podcast in June of 2020. We also started FPU in June of 2020 with all of our friends. And it was us being like, okay. If, even if no one listens, at least we'll have an outlet to feel like we're talking to someone. And then maybe we can tone it down with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think we did a pretty good job. And then um, and then this developed, and now it's all I talk about. So sorry, guys. I tried for a minute there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so over the course of, like, the first season of our podcast, um, I had kind of started to realize that Haley was not – as excited about teaching anymore um, with a little one at home and um, not a great experience in the first district that she worked in that kind of screwed her over because of their own financial situation as a district. And she continued to talk about potentially going through the Ramsey coaching program. And we Mm -hmm. were working with a financial coach at the time who had gone through it and was kind of like, hey, like, you know, it's really not that great. Like you're not getting a ton from it other than maybe like trying to use Dave's connections or, you know, something like that. But even that you really have to pay for. 
And so Haley started to kind of just do some research about like what other financial coaching options are out there, but she never really uh, like fully jumped in. So then at the end of our first season on the podcast, I was kind of thinking like, Hey, why don't you just announce that you're going to start coaching? Like put it out Mm -hmm. there. Um, I know somebody, my my sister actually, who um, got her um, partner to start a restaurant basically, basically by saying, Hey, you have a pop-up in three weeks build a menu you're going to be cooking for people and so that's kind of what i did to Haley. like i kind of was just like hey i'm like on the microphone i was like Haley's gonna start financial coaching and we put it out and then that's that's what happened just a couple months me off the ledge yeah it just kind of (laughs) like shoved her off the cliff so a couple months later she started her coaching business yeah that's basically (laughs) what it was yeah well (laughs) i i could see that like her wheels were spinning but she kind of needed just like the kick in the butt to actually do it and we were in a situation where it was like, Hey, like we, you can do this. We have some time for you to do this. Um, with some of the other financial decisions we made with moving and stuff, it was like, (laughs) you, you have the opportunity to do this. There's no better time really than right now, but we can't (laughs) waste this time. So like, just shut up and do it. (laughs) What's so funny is he was like, okay, well now, now like talk about it. Like, what are you going to offer? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, I think I'm going to offer this. And I, I just like, awkwardly monotone try to like sales pitch my coaching that doesn't exist yet and he was like i'm delete redo i am not letting that be the first (laughs) thing that you do and he was like on me but in the most accountable loving way like i'm so thankful you did that but because people often get scared to push people out of their comfort zone and you literally were like go yeah (laughs) have fun (laughs) and thank you because it turned out okay i got your back (laughs) i love that i love that that's amazing you guys are amazing thanks so sweet and supportive and i love that you guys like do this together i think that's so awesome like i just i am well i i would love if my husband would like come and talk about money with me and I mean, of course we talk about it when it's just the two of us and he'll rant and rave and like get on his soapbox about things and, and it's amazing and it would be a great podcast, but he like is just no. <laughs> so V did twist his arm when she was here visiting and she was like, so um, Daniel, we're planning Sammy's next episode of the podcast, next season of the podcast. We have 12 episodes. Um, we're going to do six guests, six solo episodes, but it would be really great if one of those solo episodes was you guys together. So I'm going to put that down on the spreadsheet. <laughs> and he was like, uh, and she was like, okay. <laughs> so we haven't recorded it yet. I don't know what order these are coming out or whatever, but that took V bullying him to get him <laughs> on. So like, I can't, it would be so fun to like do a podcast together, but you guys yeah. are an inspiration. Thank you. I, I mean, so you know how it is. You're married. Like you finances are important in a marriage. And oh, so yeah. if this is like, you know, kind of crossing over talking about finances and then also having like our own hobby, that's something cool that we do. Like we yeah. really enjoyed it and we don't make money from the podcast. Like, yeah, Haley's, you know, got a yeah. business now but like the podcast itself you know we don't make money from from podcast so. costs you money yeah. like people don't realize how much it costs to put out a podcast like not even like the editing and then like the graphics and then like just the platform to upload the episodes the yeah. paying for a microphone microphones are expensive <laughs> really yeah, expensive seriously 
so it's been it's been fun like doing it as a married couple and like just kind of figuring it out as we go and having our minds yeah. you know change and like have you know deeper talks about things that we're like oh i would have never thought like how are we going to handle this when our kid's screaming in the store for a toy or, you know, when we need yeah. to start talking about end of life care for our parents and like just so many different things that come up that we've already talked about. Like, it's been really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So side note, thank you guys for supporting the podcast and doing our ad swaps and yeah. really appreciate the support. Yeah. I'm excited so, for it. Yes. Yes. So now that you are coaching, like what's the plan like moving forward, Justin, like your plan for, are you going to become a financial coach also, or we, what's the plan? Okay. Okay. I'm taking this one. <laughs> okay. I am actively, actively trying to recruit him every day. I'm like, so when are you going to quit your job? Is this going to be your last year teaching? Like, let's make this decision now. Um, and we were just in the pool earlier today and he was like, so I need you to get, I need you to train me. And I'm like, but uh, I mean, you can't like half fast it. You got to come jump <laughs> yeah. ship and come with me. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> the thing for me is that like, I really, I really do love teaching and I'm, you know, a football coach. And so teaching and coaching really does go hand in hand and makes it pretty easy. But I do realize that like, I get a lot of satisfaction of like hearing my friends find success and do well with money. Um, we have some friends that are actually clients of Haley's. So they've shared their story with me. And like, every time I hear uh, my buddy from high school talk about it, like, I'm like, dude, that's just awesome. Like the things they're doing are really cool. And I notice I'm super invested in it as well, but I really do like teaching. And so yeah. it's been kind of hard. I've told Haley, like, maybe I'll do like a little bit. Um, because I think there's a lot of, and you can attest to this. I mean, as another financial coach, like there's a lot yeah. of men out there who really let their ego get in the way and really, um, for lack of a better word, do some serious damage to their partner and their relationship. Yeah. And there's a lot of men who kind of need to be told that, but they, because of their ego, struggle to hear it from a woman. And yeah. they you know, don't want to like listen to that advice. But I feel like an, a, a male voice might help some with being like, hey man, you, yeah. you made a promise to this person that you are going to do your very best and you're not holding up your end of the promise. And like, yes. that you've got to, you've got to check in Preach. with yourself. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, cause you know, Haley's talked to me about when she has a consult, you know, she'll tell me like, Hey, I've got a married couple and they're both going to be coming. And that's huge. So I think that, you know, having me potentially work with Haley as well to get on board eventually as a coach would be cool. But for it's right now, plan. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's my plan to <laughs> recruit him. I mean, all I want is to help people and I just want yeah. to continue the ripple effect of impact and being able to help more families make change. And yes. I just tallied some numbers cause I'm really, I'm an Enneagram three and I'm big on like numbers and records and lists and stuff. And I am also an Enneagram three. Ah, yes. So Ooh. I keep track of like how much debt my clients pay off each month and I just had one year in business and my clients have paid off over $390,000 combined That's in one amazing. year. That's amazing. So I'm like, okay, I think we're going to get to a million for in my, not, not, um, who knows? Maybe it'll be a million in year two, but I want to get yeah. to a million in my first two years for sure. Because now I'm like, wow, that's possible. And if, if you would have asked me a year ago, like what I wanted and my goals, I would have said, I don't know. I'm, I'll try this for a year. We'll see if it works. And then yep. I can just go back to teaching when my kids are in school. I mean, you, 
Yeah. You literally couldn't pay me enough to go back to teaching now at this yeah. point. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> Justin's yeah. selling all my teaching clothes. <laughs> I, lo- I love it, though. Like, and I, that was actually what I started to go to, to college for was to be a teacher. And so I feel like being like a, a financial coach kind of gets like kind of scratches that teaching itch in a way, because it's like you are teaching people things. Mm-hmm. You're just teaching adults <laughs> things instead of children. But, you know, that's it's really rewarding. And like you get to help people and it's like constantly every day you get that feedback of like. I'm actually making a difference in the world. I get to, I, you can see the results right there. My favorite thing in the whole world is when you go to get off a coaching call and they're like, Oh, okay. I feel better. I'm glad that we talked today. I always Mm -hmm. feel better after we talk or they're just like, thank you so much for your time today. And like, you really helped me. And that is the greatest feeling to just, that you've taken a little bit of the burden of life off their shoulders. You've helped them. You can immediately see that result. And I love it. It's, it's like, it's so addictive. I'm like, okay, more clients, more clients, more clients. I'm trying not to spread myself too thin, but. But that's the crazy thing. Like Haley and I talk all the time, you know, we've on our podcast had you and other financial coaches and it's like, there's still more people who need support and help than there are coaches out there. Like it's, it is not like a, you know, a, a small pie and like you've got no. to all fight for a slice. Like there's so many people who need support with financial literacy or just somebody to walk alongside them while they're in maybe a difficult spot or a really good spot that they're just unsure mm-hmm. about. Like there's so yeah. many folks who have that need and it like you can't serve all of them. <laughs> like yeah, there's and, it's and not you- even close to possible. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important for people to find people that they relate to, like what you were saying Mm -hmm. about like some guys need to hear it from another guy, you know, Mm -hmm. same thing for women and same thing, you know, the majority of my clients, all my clients are women, majority of them are mothers or plan to be mothers at some point. They're trying to get like their foundation established or their mothers with grown kids or, you know, so like, that's kind of my people. I relate to them. They relate to me. I get it. Chances are one of our kids are going to come and interrupt during a call. I get it, you know, and it's, you know, and you're going to have people that relate to you and that's what you, that's what they need. They need someone that they can relate to. That's why it's like, it's collaboration over competition. Like we we're in this, you and I, we're in this together. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not, no, don't talk to Haley. Don't work with her. Like, no, get help. If if you relate to her more, great, go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, as long as as long as somebody's helping you, like, yeah, a hundred percent. We have people on our podcast all the time, and yeah. initially, I think I was like, oh, is this weird to have like more money coaches or financial coaches on? No way. Like, if this is what I'm trying to do, and then I was like, wait, but no, because who? who they're going to work with is going to be different than who I'm going to work with. Yeah. I yeah. primarily work with married couples now. It's so yeah. funny because I originally was targeting millennial women who were like 30-ish, like 28 to 35 really was like who yeah. I thought I'd work with. It's so funny because lately I keep signing up couples who've been married for like almost 20 years and they're all like 40 plus. And I'm like, Hmm, yeah, interesting because that's not who I initially thought it was going to be, but that is who I'm gravitating towards me and I'll take it because I think that I, I love working with couples. I love it. And I think 
when you get on the same page financially, it can transform your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I, I have a lot of clients that a good chunk are single, um, single moms mostly. And which is really, it's just kind of been like a trend. Like it's not, you know, or married women who are like, my husband's like, Hey, do take over the budget. Like they just like have full control, which is really, it's, what's funny to me because that's pretty much how we are in my marriage. Like we don't sit down. We don't have budget meetings. Daniel has no idea like how much the electric bill costs. I'm there's probably a couple places that he's not even sure like who our providers are for things. Like, it's just, it's my job. It's, it's what I do in the family. And I have a lot of clients that are the same for whatever reason and, or they're single and obviously they have to do it all. So it's like both, both sides of it. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of who I've attracted. And most of the time it's just the one partner on the calls. And I'm like, that's interesting that that's who I attract. And I love it. It's, it's awesome. But it makes sense because with Daniel's job, him being gone all the time, that makes so much sense for your situation. Yeah. someone else who is like, okay, my husband wants nothing to do with this. Or maybe they're like in law enforcement or, or a firefighter and they or like mm-hmm. an ER nurse and they work some odd hours and they're just unable to really sit down and do it. Then that's what works for their family. So that yeah. I love that. Cause you're able to provide the insight. It's funny that you say that. Cause I have one client, her husband's a firefighter. I have another, her husband's an attorney. He works a lot. Another, her husband's a surgeon. He works a lot. Another <laughs> her husband's a real estate agent. He works a lot, you know, just like different people like that. That's like, yeah. Like I do yeah. have a partner, but like he's at work. <laughs> well, yeah. Like you can't be like, okay, you know, you need to raise your income. Please go side hustle a bunch. And they're yeah. like, uh, I have the family that I'm like having exactly. to take care of because my partner is gone all the time. Like yeah. it's a very specific situation that like people, you know, they want somebody else that kind of understands that. Yeah. Like I get you. I get you. My husband yeah. works offshore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got you. I understand. Yeah. That's, that's awesome though. I'm just, I'm so grateful that people have people like you guys to, you know, coach and listen to your podcast and all the things and get excited. And just the more people that we can help the better. So what is kind of like moving forward for you guys? What kind of goals are on the horizon business-wise, personal-wise? Like, what are you guys working towards right now? Oh, man. Business-wise, I I set out a, a million goal, dollars. A, bil- in, a billion dollars. Debt. I, I set out a goal a while ago to exceed my teaching salary. And that's what I think of like short-term. I want to be mm-hmm. consistently making more money than I was making as, as a teacher, which was about 55 or 60,000 ish a year. Yeah. So that's like what I think short term, but like, I just want to keep impacting people. I want to keep growing. I want to, I want Justin to quit his job and come work with me. I want maybe someday to get my business in a brick and mortar, like place where I have an office. And then maybe I hire some other financial coaches because we need more people doing this. I really believe that like you were saying, so many people need help, but there are really not a lot of financial coaches. I know a lot of them because I'm in the finance community on Instagram and stuff, but like, yeah, this is not a common field. Mm-hmm. And I just want more and more people to do this because I can really see the, the impact that it makes. So that's what I think of like business wise. What about you? Well, business wise, like, yeah, I just want you to keep growing. I would say personally, 
our like next kind of money goal now that we're out of debt is to get over $100,000 of net worth. So yeah. like that's a really good kind of marker for us because it kind of tells us that we've come a really long way from being in the weeds, so to speak, and then like getting to where we are now. So I think still a little bit off, but we're like approaching it faster than we than I thought we might, which is really encouraging. And, you know, I'm a teacher in California, so I don't have the option of whether or not I can invest in my teacher's pension. I have to, which is really great. So we're still investing there. We've fully funded some Roths for the past two years. We're going to obviously continue that trend next year. So it's really encouraging that like our, our net worth, you know, is going up and we're still young. So that compound interest just gets to do its thing. So we're, you know, 65 and enjoying one another's time as we ride off into the golden sunset. <laughs> yeah. That got so romantic towards the end. I love yeah. it. Well, a lot of people forget that I am a, a pretty romantic kind of guy. I've been, I've been, I've been known as the romance, uh, the romance guru, if you, you will. So. The romance yeah. guru of the yeah. finance world. A lot world. of people say that. They're like, oh, Justin, yeah, him. He's a romance guy. Add that to your Instagram profile bio. <laughs> yeah. That, that's actually how I'm going to pitch my coaching. Is I'm like, do you need help with your money or romance? Well, <laughs> I mean, I or a little bit both. of both. <laughs> there you go. There it, it, kinda, it ties in. Like, yeah. let's budget you in some money for a little date night. You're perfect. Don't forget, it's her birthday coming up. Here's, you know. There it is. I love I'm it. Actually, I'm, I'm terrible with gifts, actually. So. You're well, not. don't. Don't put that on your resume because I, I don't think that's a that selling feature. Yeah. <laughs> romance guy who's bad at romance. Okay, no, he he had a song made for me for oh, Christmas. Oh, you know, actually, year. right. And damn it, we're going. I am pretty good. And at this that's thing. romantic. Yeah. All right, there it is. <laughs> that was good. Well, you have two kids, so obviously he's not doing too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say to us all the time. They're like, yeah. you know, because Daniel works offshore. But then again, somehow we still had three kids in four and a half years. So like, well, obviously he's home sometimes. So like, yes. Oh, that's too he's funny. Sometimes. I love it. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Last question. I'm asking everyone this question this season to kind of encourage people to break free from like the hustle culture, especially what we see in the personal finance community. If you have free time, do a side hustle. We're trying to break free from that. So share with us some things that you guys love to do that doesn't necessarily bring you a profit, but you do anyway. I would probably say podcasting because yeah. podcasting maybe eventually will bring us money down the road, but that's not something we're really hyper-focused on right now. Yeah. Um, and it really did start as an innocent, it started out, it was born out of the pandemic, out of a drunken wine evening in pandemic. Weren't shut down so many things yes yes it was it was born yeah. that way and it just was created for us to sit down and bullshit about money and yeah. and it's been such a fun thing to do so that i think is my number one that i think of what about you uh for me i really like meal planning and cooking are you serious yeah like meal that planning. brings me meal a, planning was the thing that, that you brings chose? me a lot of joy like <laughs> kind of it, it almost feels like a like um right. project management if you will like, I really enjoy it, actually. And when I stop to do it and, like, look up a new recipe or, like, try and beat the inflation of groceries and stuff, like, I actually really realized that the other morning. And I didn't see this question ahead of time. <laughs> so I, like, when we just saw it, when I just saw it come up, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. Because I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I really enjoy meal planning and, like, cooking. I know you like cooking, but I'm I'm internally laughing that you like meal planning. Yeah, it's just something I really enjoy. Well, to well, each their own, that Justin. Put that on his resume for <laughs> romance. Like a man who will cook for you and plan your meals for you. I mean, 
when my husband's home he cooks like 98 percent of the meals and i'm i like seriously i want him to retire early part of our goal is for to retire (laughs) at 50 his goal is to retire at 50 and part of it selfishly i'm like yeah because he would be here to cook cook all the time (laughs) nice I would never have to cook again. This would be amazing. That's great. What a yeah, dream. That's a happy marriage right there. Yeah, so seriously. One person who likes cooking and the other one who does not. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it, but uh, definitely not on your level. No. You're I absolutely level. hate it. If someone would bring me meals all, all day long, I would be fine. I, yeah. I, yeah was, uh, I was president of the Culinary and Hospitality Club when I was a senior in high school, so. Not to wow. brag, but uh... not to brag. <laughs> Hair flip. Not to brag, yeah. but yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. So tell us where people can keep up with you, resources, all that stuff. Well, the best place to find us is on Instagram. We are at Price of Avocado Toast on Instagram. Our podcast is also called Price of Avocado Toast, and it can be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's basically it at this point everything there is to know about us lives on instagram yeah i mess around on the twitter every now and then but it's it's not that big i get on twitter when i feel like making a rant about something Mm -hmm. something stupid like the pastel car trend that there has that there is going on right now i can't and then i made a tweet about that and no one cared but i was like okay i feel better i feel so much better because i can't stand looking at these cars and then i went to go visit v and she Uh, said that she wants one of those and i was like i can't can't (laughs) like we break up we're not friends anymore no (laughs) oh i don't even have a twitter that's how bad i am and i feel like i'm too old for tiktok and i'm too young for facebook and so i'm just like i'm gonna live on instagram this is where i belong i fit in here this is my life so i just instagram and podcast like that's fine that's enough for me that's (laughs) That's perfect yeah i've I've got a facebook too but it's just synced with the instagram so it's all the same stuff anyway Mm -hmm. but it's a different crowd over there that's all of our family and justin's former employer (laughs) i know follow that side (laughs) i know yes yes same that's like my family follows me over there and that's yeah that's how my mom knows what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thank you guys so much for coming on and hanging out Thank you again for doing the ad swap with us for the podcast. We really appreciate your guys' support. And yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.